Welcome to the Art of Masculinity Podcast. I am your host, Johnny L. Sasser. As a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger out of 2nd Ranger Battalion and a former Protective Security Specialist who protected the U.S. Ambassador to Iraq, I spent 10 years in and out of the Middle East. My mission today is to help men everywhere find the courage to be confident in themselves and their masculinity, regardless of what society says or what preconceived notions are out there in the media. I'm here to shed a light on those tough, strong alpha males opening up not only to those they love, but to the world about who they really are and how they own these open and vulnerable parts of themselves. Today, my goal is to help be a light for men who are struggling in owning their masculinity and struggling to present it in a way that is authentic to them. I'm grateful for having you here and sharing your time with me. Let's dive into the episode and I'll see you around the corner. everyone welcome back to the art of masculinity today i have my dear friend pat kennedy on and we are in montana in this episode we are outside it's freezing cold we have a cigar in hand a bourbon and we are talking about something that's incredibly important for i think men in general which is brotherhood and i know so many men um have talked about this. We've talked about it on the show before, but I think Pat and I give a different take on what has been shared in the past and what can work for you now or in the future. So I am excited to bring this episode forward to you guys. It was a blast because Pat is one of my closest friends and it's always fun to just jam out, especially in person in the mountains, which is, you know, our happy place. So it was really fun to enjoy this episode and really just dive into what brotherhood can look like for us in so many different ways and to what leadership can be for us as well, because that is an important piece to masculinity in Western society. We are looked at as being leaders and therefore we need to understand the tools to be leaders because leaders can be developed. It doesn't mean that they're inherently given the path to leadership. They can be developed and you have the skills to develop that. So join us today, enjoy the episode, and I'll see you guys around the corner. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Art of Masculinity. We are in Montana, Whitefish, Montana, with one of my dearest friends on this planet, Pat Kennedy. He is back on the show. What's going on, brother? Well, I am enjoying our environment right now, my friend. This is fantastic. Whitefish, Montana, absolutely beautiful. We are sitting outside on a deck overlooking Whitefish Lake. Cigar in hand, bourbon in glass. Things are good. Yeah, and we snowmobiled this morning for a few hours, so that was a lot of fun. And we are just living in the elements this whole week. It's been a blast, brother. Yeah, it's been absolutely fun. Yeah. It's been great. So all you guys listening right now are getting to enjoy the great, I don't know, is Montana the Northwest? Is that Or is it just the North? You know, I would call it the North. (laughs) I would just call it the North. Because it's not, you know, like Washington, Oregon, that's the Northwest, right? Yeah. So Idaho and Montana, there's kind of like, it's still Northwest, but I would just call it the North. It's All right. Way cooler. We're in the North. We're in the North. We're in the North. Well, Pat is technically the king of the North from, <laughs> from, from, from Michigan slash Jon Snow. So it's good. 
But uh, this is we've been planning to do this this whole week, and we finally got to it. And this is a really, really awesome time to do it. We're doing a manly, a manly podcast. We're out. It's pretty fucking cold out today, so we're just chilling out here. Yeah, it's probably it's twenty six degrees out right now, and yeah, it's twenty six degrees. We're sitting on the deck, overlooking the lake, sitting here having cigars and bourbon. It's I'd say it's the manliest podcast we've done. Fuck yeah, absolutely. So I have to ask you, because for those of you that don't know, Pat has been on the show, and we jammed out for an amazing session uh, not too long ago, but Pat is also an outdoor expert, if you will. He spent a lot of time uh, on the mountain and on the mountains of the United States, and he is a very experienced outdoorsman. What is your favorite mountain to go to? Let's go winter time, and then we'll do a, a summertime. Okay. Okay. That's a great question. Um, winter time, Big Sky, Montana. Although, since being in Whitefish in Big Mountain, big, I don't actually know what. I take that back. Big Sky sucks. So does Whitefish. <laughs> Never come here. Nobody ever come. Nobody Montana ever come. is awful. <laughs> Terrible. Stay away from Montana. His favorite place is Oregon. <laughs> yes. I love Mount Baker in Oregon <laughs> and Seattle, Washington. And you know what? Fucking South Tahoe. Tahoe is probably the well, actually Tahoe is fucking legit. Yeah. But go to California. Yeah, go there. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Don't go to Montana. <laughs> don't come here don't come here it's it terrible sucks. it's so bad it's so mm-hmm. bad so you're seriously f- though big like um montana is just an absolutely beautiful state there's so much here um it's pristine the people here are amazing yeah um you know when you're talking about a community of people that come to montana they come here for a reason and it's because they love the outdoors and they love Montana so they keep it beautiful they keep it pristine they live their life in a way that allows them to be more one with nature um, but you know things are changing and people are able to be a little bit more mobile so there's certain spots in Montana that are starting to grow um, and it's okay I mean you know we're part of it right you know we're able to be mobile and we want to yeah, come here it's true um, but winter time yeah it's it's Montana yeah all right, so wintertime's Montana. Um, we'll just put it at the state because we don't want to know where where uh, the mountain is that you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not talk where's about. where's your favorite place like summertime? Because you know, you being an outdoor enthusiast, you mountain bike, you hike, you do all these things. What where's your favorite summertime place? You and I actually have never discussed that. Where's your favorite summertime mountain? Yeah, that's. It's really hard. It's really hard to pick one place because we had the opportunity this year to see and spend time in a lot of different places on the country, mostly the West. And there's there's so many beautiful places in this country. It mm. is ma- it is amazing. It's very true. So, nor initially, I would say Montana. <laughs> Montana's getting all the points. Montana's the shit. Um, but nobody would like it here besides me. What that? <laughs> so we are in the elements, guys, and I have no clue what the fuck just fell below us. I'm assuming a giant icicle. It's probably a bear. 
Yeah, or a bear. Yeah, it's a bear. It's okay. Or someone threw a bomb that just didn't explode. <laughs> yeah, it's a grenade throw. <laughs> um, no, Montana is beautiful, but you know we actually so we had a, a chance and we stayed in we stayed in Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe, um, for about a month this year, and any you know everything aside pure beauty pure just what the geographic location has to offer tahoe was amazing the Mm. lake was beautiful the mountains were amazing the access to the outdoors was incredible you had glacier lakes you Mm. had amazing streams and waterfalls you had jagged rugged mountains you had off-road trails you had mountain biking you had everything you had anything and everything that you wanted to do there mm. and it still had a lot of water so water is kind of a big thing that i put in when i'm looking at a place that i really like to be at because because th- the next place is northern arizona whoa i didn't see that coming northern i thought arizona. you were gonna go like idaho because you guys really like the sawtooths the sawtooths are beautiful yeah they're beautiful and Montana is beautiful. Like that part of the country is absolutely gorgeous. What I love about Northern Arizona is the difference of the geographic they have there. So, mm. like, when you're in the north, right, and you're in the mountains, in the, the Sierras, the Sawtooths, and even like the Beartooths and the the mountains in in um, Montana, or the Crazy Mountains. They're all slightly different, but they all have a similar vibe, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you have pine trees, you have above tree line stuff, you have wilderness lakes, rivers, and in Montana, icebergs. <laughs> <laughs> but when you go into northern Arizona, you have such a difference in the geographic, like in, in elevations. Mm. So you can be at a lower elevation and you're in like a high desert, right? You go up. And things start to change. You start to get bigger trees. You get uh, red or uh, sequoias. Mm -hmm. And then things start to change. And then when you're in Sedona, you have the beauty of the red rocks. And there's still water and streams. Yeah. And you go a little further north. And then you're in Flagstaff. And then you're in beautiful forests. And then you're near the Grand Canyon. So you have a lot of beauty in a condensed area. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that is a Taylor and I have been up there and it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, those those mountains of uh of Arizona are absolutely beautiful and then obviously the Grand Canyon is just a sight to behold in and of itself, but those mountains are pretty like awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of activity. So the cool thing about that area, what I found is it's proximity, right? So like where you can stay and where you can live or you can camp or whatever Mm -hmm. the proximity to outdoor activities Mm. so sedona flagstaff it's like right there and when you're in tahoe it's right there yeah so you're literally you can be downtown and have you know the cool downtown vibe good restaurants or whatever but then you know a few miles out of town you're at a trailhead and you're climbing a mountain yeah so it's kind of cool because it's all like right within the neighborhood you don't have to travel far for it. Those are good points. And I do love Tahoe. Tahoe's got a special place in my heart. Like, it's a beautiful, beautiful place um, for multiple different reasons. But it's absolutely, it's breathtaking and there's a lot to do there. And it's so accessible. So accessible. It was definitely one of those places that I never, like, it was never on my radar. Never would have been, 
like wanted to go out of my way to go there. But when we got there, it was just, it was a really cool spot. It was like a livable outdoor town. I'm shocked you had never, or maybe you had, and you, you'd never snowboarded or skied in, in Heavenly, right? All the whole time you were doing all your stuff with Boyne? Yeah, never. Like wow. California was never on my list. Wow. You know, it was something that um, the resort company that I worked for, we didn't, they didn't own any resorts there. Or shocking. And um, there was a few times that some vendors hosted out there, but California was really never on the list. Mm. Um, and, and it could be cost. You know, I don't know what it could be. It could be it's not easy to get to. Like Mammoth isn't easy to no, get to. it's not. Tahoe's really not the easiest. No. I know there's an airport uh-uh. close, but it's still not the easiest mm-hmm. to get to. You know, so when you're talking like Utah or Colorado, it's, you know, you fly in, you're right there. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Um, where is... Before we dive into some fun, you know, men stuff, where's the one place on this planet, only one, that you like? It's on your bucket list to hit for snowboarding slash. Because I say snowboarding slash skiing, he's amazing at both guys, so that's why I say that for him. But where's the where's the place you want to hit on your bucket list? Which eventually, probably you and I are gonna end up going. Oh, we're absolutely <laughs> going there, and this is a very easy question. I know the answer. Japan. I knew that was the answer. You knew it was Japanuary. Japanuary. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely doing Japanuary. Fucking Japanuary, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Japan in January is the shit because ocean effect. They get ocean effect. So What's like that? just like elaborate. Lake, it's just like lake effect in, you know, say like the Great Lakes or even like Salt Lake City. So like Salt Lake gets lake effect. So like the reason there's snow so dry is because salt the salt in the from Salt Lake pulls a lot of the moisture out of the clouds that come in, the snow clouds and precipitation that comes in. Okay. So then the snowfall that drops is really light and fluffy. So oh. it's this really like soft, light powder wow. that falls down. So like versus like the snow that you find here or even in the northwest is and in the Sierras, like dense. Sierra cement that we were talking about earlier, yeah. it's a really dense, hard snow, mm. really a lot of moisture in it. And so it's just a different kind of riding. Japan, because it's an island, right, and it gets and it's right in the ocean. Then when the storms come in, they kind of circle through, and it's ocean effect. So the same as lake effect, where the the air temp and the water temp is different, and so it produces a high moisture in the clouds. And then once it goes up and over the the, the mountain range, it wants to dump all the precipitation out mm. because it's ocean and it's salt. The powder that falls in Japan is super light. Oh. They get epic snow dumps just like the Sierras where 6, 8, 10 feet isn't uncommon. Wow. But it's a cycle. So like in January, and I don't remember exactly why, but just the, the way that the the like the like uh, the fronts come in, January is like your highest chance to always have like consistent snow. What's their, what's their like uh, – or if you, you may not know, but what what do you what would you say their inches per year are out well, there? I don't know. Because I do it in centimeters. Our big mountains are what like twelve hundred a year or something like that. Are really good mountains. Um, in the in like the northwest, it can like on a crazy snow year. Yeah, like Mount Baker got twelve hundred. They average, I think, eight hundred. Uh huh. Wow, that's still um, so much. Utah, like most places in Utah are like in the mid 300s mm. to lower 400s. 
like Snowbird and Alta or 400 usually, and which is really good. Yeah. So like anywhere in like the mid 300s for annual snowfall, 300 inches is really good. Mm. Um, Japan, I don't know, but they've got to be. It's got to be some crazy. Yeah, 800 <laughs> to 1200 inches. So it's, whatever that is in centimeters. Yeah. <laughs> oh the metric system oh man i love it i love it Yeah, japan because they have all like their mountains are they have really good mountains but their glades and their trees and i don't remember the actual tree but they have just these really interesting looking trees and they're they're spread out so when there's snow you get to just go through these like prehistoric looking bonsai forests oh that's cool yeah yeah i spent time in japan and it's i will say they're like the history and the ancestral uh lineage of those trees is so fucking old man it's crazy because they don't it's not like those are getting logged and cut down like they do in the u.s so that's fucking amazing but also you you have a strong tie to Japan because you were a samurai in a past life, and <laughs> well, uh, right, we're, we're we're con- <laughs> we're convinced that he he was a samurai in a past life. Um, but on the same token, so uh, diving into this now because now that we've educated people on the mountains, which anybody listening right now, you got a, a world class education here. Matt, Pat, Pat has been to <laughs> Pat has been to a lot of mountains, spent a lot of time in the outdoor industry, so. Really good. Yeah, I love just picking your brain on it. It's always good. It's good for my knowledge base. Because then when I talk to somebody that doesn't know, I sound like I know what I'm talking about, which is so cool. But then if they, like, try to dig deeper, I'm like, i got to call my friend Pat. (laughs) I'm a phone call away. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) No. So uh, one of the things that we we haven't – or we haven't – we've discussed on the show before, not you and I, but I've discussed on the show is the importance of brotherhood. And how culti- how to cultivate that brotherhood. So I've talked to so many guys and it's like, you know, they say once they get into their thirties, it's like so hard to make friends. Right. And then like to be conscious, to have like a conscious brotherhood of diving into not only friendship, but diving into enjoyable activities together to kind of build and cultivate that. Cause I think that's one of the other things. It's not just about talking. I think there's a big piece to brotherhood that is about, uh, somebody actually uh building a house down the way (laughs) i don't think they can actually hear that though these mics are pretty good yeah but you know brotherhood isn't i think for a lot of guys out there uh one of the things that we need to open the canna on is is brotherhood isn't just about connecting verbally it's about doing fun fucking shit together so for you the question is, as you've gotten older and as you're diving into these more connected brotherhoods that you're creating nowadays, what has been maybe a technique or a habit you've created about being intentional in doing experiences with these people? Mm. Well, that's a good question. Um, well, I think, you know, as I feel into that question, Johnny, doing being intentional and doing experiences together, the first thing that comes to mind is 
the intention is to have fun and connect, right? So if you go, you can have two, you can have a few different intentions when you go on a trip, right? For sure. So if you're going to go, say you're going to go on a ski trip or you're going to go on a backpacking trip or whatever, you're going to go on some kind of like activity based trip. If you're going to have a group of guys out, you're going to have to understand that like everybody's going to be on a different level, right? Mm -hmm. Of experience. And so in order to really have the, the ability to connect, you have to be able to harness the group's energy in the way that if somebody isn't as up to the same ability level, you have to change, you have to change like what you're actually going to be doing and make sure that the whole group and everybody knows like, Hey, we're here to have fun. We're not here to see how many runs we can do or what's the craziest mm. thing this guy can do or how fast we can hike up this mountain or backpack this, you know, because that doesn't necessarily always create inclusivity. Yeah, that's a good point. And so if you're going like now, especially as like, cause the question, as you're getting older, the intention with the, the trip isn't to feel like you're young again and get as <laughs> extreme as you totally can. Such a good point. Yeah. You know, the intention is to connect and have fun and enjoy the environment you're in. Mm. So then everybody can come together. Because what I found with myself and even with other with other men in any activity, any activity, you know, like competition happens or ego comes into play and you want to be like you want to show off or you want to like go do this or that. Right. But then that starts to segregate the group and start to make people feel different or whatever. Versus if you go in with the intention of connection and having fun and inclusivity, then everybody gets to enjoy themselves and you get to actually connect with the men that are on the trip together. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's incredibly important to, for people to note that when you're putting something like that together and you're creating that brotherhood is, is it is really about being intentional with the bonding as a, but the experience is part of the bonding, but the experience together, I think is what is important. I think that's kind of where you were alluding to because yeah, you, you can easily go off and do something different than me because our skill levels are incredibly different for snowboarding, but you choose to stay around and like include me and include, you know, we had George out here and uh, include us in the activity you were doing because that was a bonding moment for all of us to, to partake together down the mountain. That it wasn't maybe something that I was experienced in and you guys were, and you were able to take, you know, and between the men on the trip because nobody feels nobody feels like they're left out or anything like that. I mean, it's even going back to like, cause when that happens, that can bring up, you know, past childhood traumas oh, yeah. of being excluded when you didn't want to be. And those patterns are so easy for us to repeat. And then on the top, you know, and then overall it's about an activity, right? For men, it's about an activity. It's about going and doing something. Even if you're not doing that thing, to its fullest or what you know to the fullest capacity that you thought you were going to do it's about going and doing it like we're sitting outside right now in a beautiful area and it wouldn't matter what we did today yeah you know we're still able to bond because we're bonding over the fact that we're here we're enjoying this environment it's an extreme environment that we're in it's cold and it's winter in northern montana our wives are inside next to a heater <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well i mean th th this brings up a really good question then 
how can guys make okay so how can men put themselves in a position to open up an experience like this for them and their brothers and make it a conscious one not a fucking drink fest not a fucking shit show or a let's get out of the let's get away from the wives type thing how can guys make this a more conscious experience mm. well that so that's a great question and you know i think we've you know we've had conversations about that before but recently some things that have kind of come to me is you need to be very particular about who's in your circle. Mm. You need to know your circle. Yeah. Right? So it's not, it's, you can't rely on other, you shouldn't rely on other guys to create the environment that you want. Right? You have the ability and the power to create the environment that you want. Yeah. So if you want to be intentional about the environment you don't want to have a drink fest and you want to connect on a different level with men then you already know who you should invite and who you shouldn't Mm. and it gets to a point now that you know as we get older we're very protective of our energy we're protective of the people that we spend time with and that's something that you should really look into and feel into as a man now because your time is I don't want to say limited, but it's valuable. It's Mm. very valuable, especially when you get time on your own and you get time to connect with just the other boys and go on a trip. That's valuable time. Yeah. So how do you want to spend that time? Mm. Do you want to spend that time just getting fucked up? And if so, that's okay. Like if that's how you want to spend your time. Yeah. But if you don't, then be intentional about the friends you keep. Be intentional about your circle and know Mm. who you're inviting and then as you invite it, so let's say you take the reins and you're inviting and making the trip, you set the intention for the trip. Mm. Hey, Johnny, I really want to form this trip. And I'm thinking about inviting, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? I'm thinking about inviting these guys. And this is what I, this is my vision for the trip. Are you interested? Mm. That's really good. And so then the other question becomes if, Say, for instance, guys are – oh, man, I have two different directions here. I'm going to go on this this one real quick. All right, say, for instance, guys are a little hesitant to, to open up the, the, the door to a guy's trip because maybe they act like they don't have enough time, which we know is bullshit, but, you know, they say they don't have enough time or, or they make the excuse of being away from their family. Like there's an importance here, I think, for, for having this brotherhood experience bonding in, in multiple different ways, because I think we get, we get so much from our wives, we get so much from our children, but there's something to bond with our brothers and to fill up our cups, to come back, to be better husbands, to come back, to be better fathers. Say, for instance, a guy is throwing up the roadblocks to that. What would you say to him to give him, for a lack of better term, to give him permission that it's okay to do that? Well, um, you know, when I think into that, I almost want to ask the same question 
to you in the sense of, you know, when you and I decide to try to do these things, right, or decide to create time for ourselves, right, because we know it's going to fill our cup. And we know that when we fill our cup, Mm -hmm. we know that we're coming back better. Yeah. So if we know that when we do this for ourselves, we come back better and we have way more to give to our families. What kind of permission would somebody need? What kind of permission would another man need to to feel okay in doing that? And if he feels okay with that, is there resistance with his spouse? Well, I think that's in and, and it is. And I, and I love that we're having this conversation because I think the first part of this has to be are you willing to allow your spouse to do the same thing? And you burden the carry back at home mm. while they're out doing that. And I think that's where my my comfort in doing trips with you and doing trips with other men that are in my circle, my comfort of doing that is the fact that I know I'm willing to step up and hold the household down with all the fucking animals. Or I've even done it when we've had Avery. I've watched Avery for like a week and while Taylor was still out and then we were having Avery for like a month. And uh, Taylor would come back and she was gone for the first week, but I'd go pick up Avery. Right. And so for me, it's understanding that I would permit my wife and I say permit. She doesn't need permission. She knows that like if she desires to do something, I'm I'm always willing to be open to that. But my thing is, for lack of better term, I'm willing to permit her to do her own thing, like be at a girl's event or be you know spend extra time in costa rica after she runs her own women's event i'm willing to burden the household uh chores and duties and keep everything together while she's there and still love and appreciate her because i know that if i'm gonna go do something she's going to reciprocate and so i think for the first step of this for men to really give themselves permission to open the door is to say are you going to hold resentment if your wife does the same thing or are you going to bitch and complain and be a passive aggressive little asshole making stupid comments to her because she went on a trip and you didn't right like because if I don't go on a trip all year and my wife goes on three I'm still not resent resentful to her because I don't mind I know that that fills her cup up so I think the first step for us men is to say hey can I give permission to my spouse? And if so, then reciprocation can be a conversation and, and, and inherently kind of expected, I think, because that fills up their cup too. I think you absolutely nailed it. So you nailed it there. So reciprocity, hell yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Burden. So some things, some takeaways that I heard you say, burden, reciprocity, right? So as men, we like to feel like we like to be martyrs, mm-hmm. right? We like to be the martyr, whether you, whether you know it or not, yep. that's, and that's okay, right? Because we can harness that power because it can be used for sacrifice, good. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. There you go, right? And, and it can be used for good. So you nailed it because if a man who hasn't, who's looking to to get here, right? And maybe his spouse isn't, or maybe his spouse is, but he's not there yet. Give the experience to your wife first, right? Or 
create that and you know maybe buy her it for you send her to it or or allow her not allow her but say hey look i'm gonna hold the fort down i'm gonna burden this i'm gonna take care of everything because i can because i i'm the man i'm gonna burden this i'm gonna take care of this i want you to have this in turn i want my i want my time as well Mm. now we both get to experience it but i get to burden it first yeah that's a good way too that's absolutely a great way to to allow yourself because I think that gives that gives the man permission or it gives the man the ability to show his spouse I can take this on I can still support you and love you and not be a passive aggressive asshole while you're gone right guys so just remember this right now like for all you guys that know that you have this like woe is me when your spouse is gone because they're having fun like you need to first check your fucking ego and then check into your trauma on why that's a thing but secondly you have to show up well like you have to show up well while they're gone because if you don't then it's not going to give you permission to do it and feel free and happy and bond with the boys because of the fact that you're going to get the same thing in return. She may not show up well for you while you're gone, and that's not fun. Absolutely, and I'm nodding my head right now because I totally agree. And the thing that I'd really love to say right now is it's giving without the need of of receiving, right? So reciprocity is fantastic because – you know, we know that if, you know, if we want to experience this thing, especially when you're in a marriage or if you're in a, in a, in a relationship, you do have to have these things where it can't all be about one person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as, as men being a martyr, we make it so much about our wives or our spouses or our partners, right. That we forget about ourselves and we think that's okay. Yeah. What we really want to think about is, we want to make it about our partners and our spouses, but then we also want to make it about ourselves because giving and receiving fills the cup mm, equally. Yeah. As I give, I feel good. As I yeah. receive, I feel good. Yeah. And that's really good. When I was at the 48 hour reset recently with the empowered brotherhood in Austin, one of the things that really stuck out to me that um, I think it was Garen said it. Garen, uh, Garen was talking about how can you receive as much as you give? Mm. Because most of us, and I, and that's one of my problems. Mm-hmm. I am, a, I'm a great giver. I will, I will give a lot to the people I love in my life, but I don't receive very well. It's something I've, I'm working on and continue to work on regularly. And most men, I find, don't receive very well. Inherently, it's a feminine trait. And so receiving, can we give or can we receive as much as we give? And being open to receiving that will allow your spouse to support you better when you decide to do something like go on a boy's trip and not feel bad about that. Yes, absolutely. And and for men receiving is hard it's still something i work on Mm -hmm. and you work on and it's not easy the thing that has helped me is understanding that when i give and how good that feels the same good feeling is equal to the person who's trying to give me something. yes and why would i ever want to take that away very true why would i want to take away from you 
Why would I want to take away from my yeah. wife? Why would I take away from anybody? Right. Anybody. Mm. Whoever wants to give me something. Mm-hmm. Receive it. Say thank you. I love you. Yeah. Mm. And you don't have to give back. That's the other That's the other caveat, right? You can receive yep. without having to feel you have to immediately give back. Yeah. Because the give back can come at any point in time. Yeah. It's ne- it doesn't have to be immediate. So when you give something to somebody and you see the joy or the happiness or whatever that that creates for them and you get to see that and how good that makes you feel, remember that when somebody's trying to give you something, that is the same thing they're feeling. Mm. Masculine, feminine, whatever. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. That's a great point. And to remember that. Oh, man. So good. So, guys, this is your first step, I think, to to giving yourself permission for this. But the other step I want to dive into for this, because I know this is a big block for men. And you and I um, both very much come from simple, humble beginnings. Um, Nothing was handed to either of us in our lives. And so I know that you'll you'll enjoy you'll enjoy going over this. But I think one of the biggest things that men struggle with aside from the fact of trying to open up to to having these men's trip and doing it with intention good intentions and doing it with the intention of filling your cup and bonding the other hang up for guys i believe is the fact that we have a barrier to money right you know money mindset money mindset because think about when you before you and Jen were doing like what you guys do now and what you guys put down per year now. Before that, you know, to do a guy's trip, it, it takes money. It takes, you got to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on flights. You got to spend potentially $1,000 or more on lodging if it's a longer trip each, right? Especially if you want a comfortable space. Um, then you got lift tickets if it's a winter trip, like then you got dinners and like all those things. So what can we give guys now to really help them take a healthier look at a money mindset? And this is, I mean, you better slam dunk this cause your wife's the money mindset queen right now. So, <laughs> oh shit. Uh, Putting yes. you on the spot, bro. I, I love it, dude. I love it, man. You are a great podcast host let mm. me tell you that receive that thank you brother thank you <laughs> so what else uh, I, I love i absolutely love this question because money mindset is a really interesting thing and with the topic that we're talking about i look at this with absolutely no money no money Meaning, the connection that men can make, the connection that you can make with your boys, or whomever you want to connect with, right? What is, let's boil it down, right? Let's take away any of the experiences, right? Like, what kind of experience you want? So, if the experience I want is to connect with you, or connect with a group of men, right? I don't need to have a lot of money. I could, I could, like for me, my, this is personal, right? So money mindset, right, is spending the money with, with, with the understanding that more will come in. Mm. Knowing that the money that you spend 
is spent for the experience because it fulfills you. And because you're fulfilled, then the energy that you've created through that experience is going to carry itself further, which is going to allow you to create more and for more to flow in. Mm. Now, if we want to create an experience that doesn't require a lot of money, fantastic. Sure. Because we don't need to have a lot, right? We can have a $50 bottle of bourbon, a $10 cigar, maybe 15 you know, gonna spend. <laughs> That's a Cohiba, bro. <laughs> it's really that good. That ain't a $10 cigar. I love this cigar. <laughs> right? But we're sitting outside. So go anywhere. Yeah. Go anywhere. Wherever you live, there's a place to go camp. Go find a place. If you're in Texas, there's no public land. I'm sorry. It's all privately owned. <laughs> but if you're anywhere else. Find a rancher. Right? If you're anywhere else, there's public land. There's somewhere you can go to get away from everything. Mm. Get away from everything. Get away from the distractions. Get away from whatever you need to get away from. And it's not about getting away from it. It's about creating the quiet. It's about creating the space, having the space to be quiet, to allow yourself to re-center. Powerful. So with us, we could could have an experience. Yes, lift tickets, this and that. It's fantastic. Or we could go into the woods with minimal camping gear, firewood, and have the best time because it's connection, because we have nothing else to do besides sit around that fire and connect. And we don't need a lot of mm, things. That actually sounds really fun right now. Doesn't it? That sounds like a lot. Of fun. We also have badass hatchets, so <laughs> that helps. But I love this because what you're hitting on is I, two two things I love about this. One of the mindsets I never had, which has become more open to me through my wife and through my dear friends like Jen and Jess Glazer. They've taught me this principle you're teaching men right now, which is that when the money goes out for an experience that fulfills you, the money is coming back in tenfold because of the way that law of attraction works. When you give that money with good intention and you know it's going to come back, you don't worry about the fact that you, you paid that out for an experience. But the other thing that I love about this is that these trips don't need to be crazy expensive. And so if you are on a tighter budget, right, and that's totally understandable. I know people don't, in their circumstances, especially in today's environment, it's just a different aspect. But you're right. There's the camping. I mean, guys, one time, me, Pat, and Mike, our dear friend Mike, we all just went to a KOA for like what four days i think and we just fucking hung around and we split wood and we had fires and we had cigars and we had the dogs and we we just games we went in the woods and threw hatchets you threw hatchets and we didn't do any crazy shit like we didn't do anything that was absurd with nothing none of that was a high cost by any fucking means i think probably at most the whole weekend between the three of us it it was a total cost of maybe like 700 bucks with groceries and stuff and imagine splitting 700 dollars three ways that's not a lot of money i mean really guys it's what 250 a piece like you know so it's not it's not a lot of money and um 
so guys, I, I think that like the barrier to this, because trust me, I have had so many money mindset blocks that I've had to evaluate, consider, acknowledge and push through. What Pat is saying is, is a is a beautiful truth, to be honest. It's all about our perception on what we f- can view a, an experience to be like. And in that experience, no matter what it is, we can still have the bond. Well said, Johnny. Well said. It's a matter. So it, when you started this and you said intention, it's the intention. And we can be intentional. And we often don't. We often don't like we often look to our spouse or somebody else to lead the way. Like, don't export your masculinity. Don't Mm. don't do it. You have the power to be intentional and it can be intentional in any way you want. Yeah. Like getting together and forming a bond and having experience can be anything you want. So if you desire it to be something that costs a lot of money great that's that's great if you want to go hella skiing or if you want to go on a guided tour or you want something that that you can pay for that is taken care of and the itinerary is planned and all that that's beautiful it's a great experience because you can check out and you can just only connect and get to experience a lot or if you want to cultivate a friendship or bonds with other men and you don't want to go through that grab your shit get a sleeping bag go in the fucking woods with a hatchet and stay for three days and see what happens yeah just go do it because guess what you're gonna have a great experience Mm. and that leads me to a question that i want to ask you johnny let's do it bro is with your experience so your life has been lived to the extreme and you've bonded with men and led men through amazing, incredible, harsh experiences. Yeah. And the bonds and the brotherhood that you have formed has been that it's, it's unbreakable, unbreakable. And most men can't fathom that type of brotherhood. So in, tr- in creating brotherhood and friendships and bonds without that, type of experience without that extreme trust that you have to have in the brother next to you what would men do to help create that type of friendship and that type of bond in today's day and age Mm. without going to war beautiful question that's a beautiful question without going to the extreme how can we create now, to have the type of leadership that you have is difficult to, is, I would say, impossible to get without the experience that you went through. And we don't need that leadership. But what I think, from my point of view, and I think what a lot of other men who follow you and who understand and who know you, what they see in you how can we start to cultivate that level of masculinity, brotherhood, and bonding, and trust mm. in one another? Beautiful question. And 
there's a it, this has got a so many different i'm just like seeing a spider web of different avenues for this but i'm gonna hit on a couple so one is repetition one is the biggest thing to me is repetition just like you train for to be skillful in anything so every guy out there that's listening to this and on this planet can relate to the fact that you are good at something i fucking don't care what it is it you're fucking good at something but it didn't happen overnight it was you putting in the repetitions to be good at whatever that is if it's fucking playing a video game you fucking logged in every day and you fucking played the video game for hours and you got good at it repetition is repetition regardless of what it is so i think when it comes to bonding especially for men when you don't have an extreme environment of high levels of adrenaline or uh or survival right what it is to me is creating the repetition. So the repetition of text messaging your brother, the, the repetition of giving him a call, the repetition of even if you guys live in the same town, like if you and I were living in Austin together, I'd be like, Pat, let's go to Terry Black's and grab some barbecue. And like the, the wives wouldn't be there. We would just go get dinner together, right? Like it's creating the repetition of constantly making sure you guys are checking in, you guys are bonding, you're having shit conversations and you're having fun conversations. You're having deep conversations and stupid bro conversations like you got everything that runs the spectrum when you spend time with people when you allow yourself to have that repetition you start to learn about them in different ways you start to see different nuances within them and then that creates the connection that creates the bond when you know like I knew just because of what I used to do I used to know the gate like how a guy walked I used to know what he looked like when he walked under night vision who it fucking was Wow. Like that, that is how I knew my brothers out in, in war wow. because we created that bond. I could tell you exactly who that was by how they walked. And so the repetition of connecting with your brother in just everyday life and maintaining those connection points is going to help you to understand how he walks. Right. And so you're going to be able to know him as a brother and vice versa. He's going to know you as a brother. So that's where I think it doesn't have to be this polarizing event that happens or this traumatic event. It can just be simple repetition, just like you put into anything. But men have to be willing to make the advance in that repetition and they have to be be willing to say fuck i need to check in with my brother i need to give him a text message even if it's just like hey bro how you doing today like hey man just thinking about you wanted to say what's up man i hope everything's going well with you and the wife and the kids i know life's busy but just wanted to say hi like keeping that repetition is what builds the strong and then all of a sudden i send that text message to pat the next thing pat's doing is hey bro you you want to go meet up on freaking whitefish and and like do some boarding in a few weeks sure yeah let's do it hey i was thinking about you too so kind of some of the stuff we talked about with george but it's when you start to create those connection points that's when the bond happens and then the other piece to this is making sure that you are setting an intention and whether you journal or you speak it out loud to your wife, like my wife and I, and, and I know you and Jen, like you, we all talk so much. Like we have great conversations with these women that like we're honest with them. 
But the point of that honesty is that a lot of times I find myself saying, yeah, Pat and I had a great conversation. We were talking about this or whatever. And I, like, I, re- I really feel like maybe I, I want to do a trip with Pat this year. Like maybe we maybe I can go snowboard with him or maybe we're going to go horseback riding um, this summer. Like and then all of a sudden I've put this out to the universe. So now there's an intention out there to build that brotherhood. There's an intention to say, yes, like this is the dude I want to hang out with or these are the guys I want to hang out with. Once you put that out, all of a sudden the universe is going to work with you on that. And all of a sudden you're going to find yourself on phone calls and all of a sudden a fucking horseback trips planned, a week long horseback trip in Montana. Right. So like this shit happens. But guys, we got to be intentional about it and we have to make the connection points. It's a combination of both because we can't expect and nor do we want trauma to create those bonds wow wow nobody can see me right now (laughs) but i am just what he what johnny just said right there is an holy shit epiphany moment Mm. please listen to that and listen to that again Mm. because that is incredible that's incredible because that's what we need Mm. that's what we need brother because We look at you and men like you, men who have done what you've done in such high regard, and you are so humble, and your brothers are so humble. I've met some of these guys that you have literally served with for years, and I've met them, and they are so humble because these are the the fucking men, right? Because you guys know, you know what you've done and you know what you're capable of and you trust in your brothers yeah and so for men who haven't had that experience we look to you for guidance because we see something in you that we desire Mm. we see something in you that we want to emulate and we see something in you that we love right like yeah when, when you have an experience, you see, you know, it's it's because it's been glorified, right? And it's not glory. It's not glory, right? No. But what you just said is so tangible and so attainable for any man who is listening to this, for anybody who follows you and who listens to what you say. It is attainable for everybody. Mm. Because to, to, to be the leader, to be the man that you want, to embody that, all you have to do is text your friend. So <laughs> All you have to do really is, is be a friend. If yeah. you want a friend, if you want a brother, oh, that's good. you have to be a brother. Oh, that's so good. I love that. If yeah. you want it, you have to be it. Yeah. So if I want you as a brother, I have to be your brother. I yeah. have to be your friend. I have to be there for yeah. you. Because you're going to be there for me. Yep. And so for anybody else, what he said, he could see just by the walk in night vision yeah. who that person was. Yep. So what that what I hear is spend time with your friends. Absolutely. Very, Keep your friends. Very well succinctly put. 
Keep them. Don't let them go away. And you know what? If you haven't talked to that friend for 10 years, if that's a friend from high school, if that's a friend from college, if that's a friend from whatever, it doesn't matter the amount of time you haven't spoke to that person because guess what? If you're thinking of them, they're thinking of you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Send the message. Make the phone call. Yeah. That's powerful. And the the last piece to this that I think is is incredibly powerful in this spider web of different avenues that we can touch on is that the best leaders know when to follow. Mm. And the and it's a huge people think leaders always lead. They don't. Leaders know when to follow. Um, and I'll give an example here just because we're fresh off this, you know, we did this four days of fucking sick ass boarding up here and stuff. We shredded the shit out of this mountain. But Pat is an exceptional, exceptional boarder. And there's no way that I'm like my ego. There's a time in my life my ego would have been like, oh, I can I can do all the shit Pat does, right? Or I can do this and I can do that. Let me just hang with Pat or let me show Pat what I can do. But on the mountain, I let Pat lead. And not let. Pat just leads. Pat's an inherent leader in his own right. But I don't have a – I guess the better term is I don't have an ego of Pat leading. That's the point. I know when to follow Pat and I defer to Pat. I literally, Pat, where are we going? What's this mountain look like? What do you think about that? Pat, where can we go? Can we dip in some trees? Yeah. Like I asked Pat to lead me and that is a great leader in, in most men is that they know when to follow. They know when to say, Hey, I'm, I can let my brother fall or lead right now. And we still have that respect for one another. And we have different avenues of being leaders and different times of being leaders that is special for men and i think that when you're trying to create a bond with a brother is to know when he is the leader you know know when he when he is the leader because he needs that number one because we as men do need that and number two it's an acknowledgement that brother i trust you like because that is the biggest piece we have to trust each other and you and i have talked about this so many times we actually talked about this about investments today yes, we did. you know we did. and it's just like when you know or when you allow yourself to fully trust your brother you are okay being a follower and it doesn't matter if you are a badass leader it doesn't matter if you fucking served overseas or you did you fucking been a ceo for a business or you've ran cfo operations know when to follow because you're not always the leader and you're not always the most capable to lead so knowing when to follow is a beautiful thing to harness your brotherhood and to harness um being a good leader yeah. Wow. Yes. Dude, I'm trying to find the words and the words <laughs> aren't hitting it. Cuz holy shit, you're fucking right, man. Like absolutely. And it's it's not about like it's not about letting it's not about like um placating into somebody, right? If that's even a fucking word. It's not no, about placating like, is. Yeah. All right, you're cool. Good. It's not <laughs> It's not about that. It's not about like throwing the layup to somebody to let them lead to make them feel good, right? Mm-hmm. It's about it's about being it's about doing things and being around people and then when somebody has the ability or the knowledge or even if they just decide to step up, right? Yes. Even yes. if they just decide to step up Absolutely. and say, "Hey, let's do this." 
check yourself before you say, before you question it or before you challenge it, right? Because when you're in a group of guys and you're doing something, you can always find, there's always going to be something that's going to question it or challenge it, right? Yep. And it's a decision, right? Yeah. It's a decision. So if it's a good decision or a bad decision, it doesn't matter. Nope. You do it together and it's always going to be okay. And I'll and I'll tell you this right now. Like I was great at ma- and I am. I'm great at making decisions. For better or for worse, <laughs> I will make a fucking decision. And it doesn't always fucking work out. I will tell you guys that and it didn't always work out in the military, but it's being adaptable and the other piece to that is the fact that yeah, like let people step up and lead and support them and follow them and when you do that um when you do that it allows you to be a follower and to perceive the experience and experience the experience. And then if shit hits the fan and the guy that's leading all of a sudden can't handle it, then you can step up. And that's okay because at that point he's deferred to being the follower. So it becomes this cyclical thing where you guys can really, it's a symbiotic relationship where you can balance one another similar to your marriages, right? You are, it, it is, it is a, that is a true brotherhood. It's symbiosis. It's making sure that you guys balance one another and you allow each other to flourish. And then when one can't, can't hit, when they've hit their threshold and you need to step in, then that's perfectly okay. Cause then, then they've already deferred to being the follower. Like, fuck. I like, if Pat was like, Hey man, take us through the woods right now. And I'm like, yeah, I can take us through the woods. I see some stuff. And then all of a sudden we get in some hairy shit. Pat's more than capable and more than willing to be like, hey, bro, I got this. I see a line right here. Let's go and follow that, you know, and that is that that ability is I've seen so many fucking leaders who just always want to fucking lead, always want to fucking lead. And they're not always capable of leading. It's just not realistic. This world is too big. There's too, If you're putting yourself in real experiences that are uncomfortable to challenge you and build your repertoire, you're not always a leader. promise you, not always a leader. Absolutely. And if you always think you are the leader, and what I'm, hear, what, what I'm hearing from this is you are never always the leader. Mm-mm. And what that means is when you have other men around you, there's strengths in everybody has certain strengths and weaknesses. And when you have other men with you, you get to harness their strengths and weaknesses. And that's how you become better as a whole. Yeah. How, that's how you get to do the best all the time. You can never be the lone wolf. The lone wolf sounds dies. sexy. He dies. But the lone wolf dies. Yep. The lone wolf the lone wolf, well, fuck the wolf. The wolf only gets to be the best <laughs> yep. when he's in the pack. Yeah. And the pack is never always the alpha, right? Yeah. The alpha, yeah, he gets certain things, right, in wolf pack. But all the other, like, everybody thrives. So if you want to thrive and if you want the other men to thrive and if you want your relationships to thrive, because yes. that's what I'm hearing too. I'm mm-hmm. hearing you talk about your relationship. Yeah. If you want that to thrive, you have to understand that there's a time to lead and there's a time to follow. Mm -hmm. And even when you're following, if you think there's a better way, you don't always need to do that or to say that. (laughs) Because we always know, we know there's a person, guy or girl, who if you make a suggestion or a decision, there's somebody who's going to challenge it. Yeah. And when that happens, you get stuck. Yeah. You're in limbo. 
you never move forward because there's always the question and then you're in the argument and you're in the thing, right? Yep. Pick the path, follow the path, go for it. Well, and it's it, the beautiful thing to this because it's so fresh on my mind right now is the fact that I actually learned so much by being a follower this week. Like, like the, the, how, seriously, and obviously, like, Pat, and I'll put a disclaimer out there Pat would never give me a compliment if he didn't mean it. Right. Like absolutely never. Pat's a very (laughs) honest person. (laughs) And and but from day one to day four of snowboarding, I actually learned more by being a follower and watching you board down the mountain, watching the techniques you use. We talked about this, watching the techniques you used, trying to follow your lines by being a follower to you. I actually gained so much improvement on my skills. True or false? True. All right. So, that being True. said, you were, you you were shredding the shit. You were hitting jumps. You were doing all sorts of things. Right. And so, like, being able to know that following helps you to be a better leader in the future too, because your skills become more diverse. That's a better balance. And this is not only for brotherhood, but for relationships. When you are allowing your brother's skills to up level you. That's a fucking cool thing because now Pat – so this is like the whole thing too. And this is just coming out right now because now Pat knows that the next time we go to the mountain and he wants to go hit the woods, he can trust that I'm going to be good enough to follow him in the woods and enjoy it, right, and not have to have the burden of being like, fuck, I don't know if Johnny's going to enjoy this. Fuck, he's probably hitting trees, like all this shit, right? Like, But he has the trust in me. That as a follower, I'm still having a great time with him, and he doesn't have to contain himself to just the 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 cat tracks, right? Like you know, so it, it becomes this. It becomes this again. Knowing your brother, it becomes really having that brotherhood of trust and appreciation, and learning from one another, and and honestly, that permeates into the relationships with our wives. That permeates into how we treat them, and letting letting them lead sometimes, and letting them lead until failure, and then us stepping up. Yes. Oh, absolutely, man. That's huge. That's huge because now I'm thinking about the times that. I've had the opportunity and I want to say that as you know, it's an opportunity to be a follower in, in the circumstance that you get to learn. It's always a learning opportunity. And so when, so when you're a follower, you get to have the ability to learn more and be open to that. But then when you're a leader, you also need to understand that you are cultivating a stronger team. You're cultivating a stronger brotherhood. You're cultivating a stronger kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's get even bigger, right? And why would you ever want to just be the person who's like, oh, I know it all. I know all this, right? You never get to grow. You never get to be better. But the people around you, the people you love, never get to be better. Share. Share your knowledge. Let me ask share you your skills. Let me ask you this too. This is a great a great one for you. Is that um, you have created a, a strong friendship with a good friend of both of ours, Josh Trent, and with Josh, there's no way I can't imagine. Well, let's just put, I'll put the question out there. When 
you're with Josh and Josh wants to teach you about biohacking or breath work, are you a leader or a follower? Oh, I'm absolutely a follower. And how much have you learned? A shit ton. <laughs> right. A shit ton. And Pat is, uh, again, Pat is this masculine outdoors fucking dude that I would take anywhere with me in the world and know that he and I are going to be good together anywhere we go. And this is a guy telling you that he defers and follows when necessary and also to build his relationship with a dear friend of ours, Josh, Josh Trent. Always defer. Like, oh, my gosh, that's a great, great example because mm-hmm. Josh is such a wealth of knowledge. So many different ways. And he is the embodiment of so much. Like, I feel, I, I look at him in, in such high regard. And it's a great example because when you when you can have a group of men with you, group of people even, like I look at Taylor and Jenna and our wives and all and everybody, there's always something to learn and there's always an area to defer to and asking the questions and being a student, be a student with the people you're with because you can be the teacher and there's times that you're the teacher and there's times you're the student. And take it all in. Take it all in. And it's a beautiful thing because you get better, but then they get better. And then guess what? Together, you, you're you so much stronger. And now your community and your friends and your group is just rock solid. Fuck yeah. Yep. And everybody's ready to go. Yeah. And, and, and yep. you would have, if you would have showed up trying to be the leader with Josh, you guys would have never created the friendship you guys have now. Never, ever, ever. And, and, and that's, and that is where I think let's bring this home to men and to this brotherhood. That's where the brotherhood is created. Cause all of us men at the end of the day, want to feel important. We mm. want to feel like we provide something. And what terrifies us about connection with other brothers is that we feel like we're going to be emasculated because if we defer knowledge, if we defer leadership, we're going to be emasculated and feel less than. But that's really that negative part of the ego that comes in, which the ego is a very, very beautiful thing. It's not always negative, but that's when we let the perception from the ego or the perception of the ego create a story that we are less than that other man just because he knows something different and Mm -hmm. more than us. And so in reality, with brotherhood, we need to acknowledge the strengths of our brothers and we need to defer to the strengths of our brothers. And when we do that, the bond is fucking created. And that's when we trust. And trust for men is huge. Trust for men is what is so important for us to be able to connect and bond. So you want to ask me how to bond with your brothers and how to create friendships after 30. Start learning to trust by allowing them to lead. Wow. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, man. Holy shit. I I can't even begin to dissect that, but. What I'm gonna, what I'm, what I really want to say right now is entrusting the other person, in in asking the questions, and allowing their knowledge to pour out into you, creates that bond. 
it doesn't make you less than. Yeah. You just said it. It doesn't make you less than because you don't know it. Yeah. It makes you stronger because you learned something, but then that person next to you gets to teach you something. That's the giving and receiving. Mm-hmm. That brings it back. Yeah, it to brings the giving it all the way back, bro. Yeah. Because it's knowledge. So if you're sharing knowledge with me that I don't know, and maybe there's a point where, and, and, and if you feel it in you, because everybody feels it, you feel it when you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know this. Why don't I know this? I should know this. Oh, fuck. Don't just like acknowledge that you're feeling those feelings and let those feelings go out. Acknowledge that they're just feelings. It's not important. And take in what that person is saying because you get to understand it better. They get to understand it better because they're teaching it to you. But then that bond right there in an instant happens. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then you both get to be stronger. And then that person who taught it to you now trusts you. Because they know you have the knowledge now and the understanding that they have. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't on the same level on that topic as they were, you now are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And vice versa. Oh. oh, so good, brother. So good. Let's go and let's uh, let's start wrapping this one up, man. Because this is just we, you and I can talk forever. But this has been a blast, and it's also fucking cold out here. Is so it? That's always fun. Is it? I don't know. This bourbon makes me. I feel know the cold. bourbon does make me feel warm. Um, <laughs> but this is this podcast episode in general, in my opinion, is probably the most in depth I've I've listened to True Brotherhood in the tangible average everyday aspects and i'm not just saying that because it's on our show my show but it's just because the fact that you know this is in reality how men can bond and just bond in in a way that it it doesn't matter who you are or what the fuck you do doesn't matter if you're blue collar white collar fucking poor like you all can fucking bond like it doesn't it, there's nothing here trust me guys i i don't come from a fucking background of money by any means and and in my life the greatest way that i've ever bonded with men was just being real honest and then learning and trusting one another and at the end of the day if you can cultivate that through the way that you allow yourself to receive and to give because giving part of giving is giving to a man that that needs to have that leadership in that moment you're giving to him and so making sure that you're able to open yourself to all of those things you're going to create brotherhoods that that'll last truly last lifetimes and they're conscious brotherhoods they're not fucking fake bullshit the stuff that just sticks around because you know you got drunk when you guys were kids and that was fucking like oh i gotta stay with him because we used to fucking hit the bars together and get in bar fights and hit on chicks like cool but not cool (laughs) trust me um (laughs) But bringing this around, brotherhood is important, guys. If you're not filling your cup with it, if you're not giving yourself that, you're actually deteriorating your relationship with your spouse. You're deteriorating your relationship with your kids because that masculine brotherhood is something that is it's got a different power and a different energy to it. So make sure you guys are chiming in and you're tapping into that. And if you haven't Put time into messaging, emailing, calling those brothers that you know have been on your mind. Make that decision today and just shoot them something, anything. I challenge all of you guys. Shoot! I challenge you right now. 
Find one man in your phone that you haven't talked to in a while, but it's been on your mind, you know you've connected strongly to, and just shoot him a message. Tell him that you know you're thinking of him and that you appreciate him and that you're interested in what he's been up to. And just do that for yourself. Not for me. Do it for yourself because that is what will start to cultivate that brotherhood. Well, brother, I love you. We're going to sign off here. You want to say any parting words? Give a, give a, give our listeners a last gift of wisdom, you fucking wise soul. <laughs> He's also the dude. So anybody like the, my my nickname for Pat is the dude. He's wisdom. the big Lebowski. He's just got wisdom dripping from him in his robe and his fucking oh. white Russian and his fucking <laughs> oh man and his and his uh, Jesus sandals. <laughs> Literally shit he all wears, by the way. But yes, that is very true. <laughs> very true <laughs> what you. what wise what what are some wise ending statements you want to impart on our listeners today as far as being strong men in this world who can balance their softness and know when that's needed no matter where you come from no matter what you've done, no matter what you think you've done, good or bad, you are the person you think you are. You are the person you want to be. You can be that person. Make the choice and do it. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what you've created. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. You are that person. You have that love within you. And you get to cultivate that anywhere you go. Your family, your friends, it is in you to do it. Make the choice. It's simple. Don't overthink it. It is the simplest thing in the world. Tell your friends, tell your family you love them and lead with love that is it Mm, powerful brother and that will wrap us up thank you my friend for joining us today on this episode and to everybody listening as always remember to drop the ego and stay humble until next time guys guys if you liked today's episode then please head over to apple itunes and leave a five-star review some of your most impactful moments that you heard on the show today it'll only take about 60 to 90 seconds to do but those seconds are priceless in helping promote the message here at the art of masculinity and i will be forever grateful i appreciate all of you guys joining in the art of masculinity community and as always drop the ego and stay humble